What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the boys of 161st Street. You got me, you got Damon tonight. Not too much great, happy things to talk about, but we do have a lot to unpack here. Talking about the Rays series, talking about the brawl, talking about the Mets, talking about the Yankees, talking about Chapman. Let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of The Boys of 161st Street, episode 65. Yankees stink. That's horrible. I mean, it's to the Mets, too. That's just ridiculous that that ended up that way. We got a lot to unpack this episode. Rough series against the Rays. Rough game against the Mets. Whole lot of nonsense going down with Kevin Cash, Boone, Chapman, suspensions, a lot of other things. Let's get right into it. Let's get into the Rays beef. So overall, I'm just like pretty embarrassed by the Yankees and just the fact that you have all this beef with the Rays and then you don't back it up and you look like shit against them. Bruce is apparently Babe Ruth. He goes out there and he hits two home runs against us. Gets all emotional too. I, we'll get into those comments later. But I mean, to me, not a good look. Not a good look. You can't just look. you can't make these comments and. We're helping out by just posting all these things about like Chapman and X going to give it to you, X going to give it to you. And then you just go out and you just lay a goose egg. I mean, that's the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is get your ass kicked the game afterwards by the guy you tried to hit. And then he hits two home runs against you. Yeah. I mean, worst possible situation. It's just not what you want. It's not what you want. And I mean, no, we're not having fun. Yankees talk. I'm sorry. I mean, no, there will there will be fun Yankees talk. There will be, for sure. No, you be, said you guys having fun watching this team. No, 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 it's, no. It's bad. I, I thought you meant are we going to have fun this? Oh episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this will be a fun episode after we talk about the whole race situation. But first of all, let's get into just the first pitch. So Tanaka goes out there and he throws that. That one was definitely intentional. Do you think you agree with me on that? Yeah, I just hate to have Tanaka do it because I feel like he's such an innocent person. <laughs> And he can like almost pass as it being not intentional, but yes, it was 100% intentional. Like, why there, is no why is Tanaka that. the guy to do? Do you do think it? he was told to do that, or do you think he went out there and was like, "I want to back my guys up and hit this person"? I, I he's definitely not the one that's going to say like, "I'll do it." Like, he was definitely told to do it in that situation. Why don't we start off with the comments from Cash? Ridiculous. It was mishandled by uh, the Yankees. Uh, certainly the pitcher on the mound. It was mishandled by the umpires. They hit Joey Wendell intentionally in the first inning. It was clear as day. Chapman comes in. He throws three different balls up and in. I get it. They don't like being thrown up and in, but enough's enough. We're talking about a 100-mile-an-hour fastball over a young man's head. It just it makes no sense. It's, it's, it's poor, poor judgment, poor judgment. Poor coaching. It's just poor teaching what they're doing and what they're allowing to do. The chirping from the dugout. I, I mean, somebody would have to tell me, go pull the numbers. Who's hit who more? Uh, but I can assure you, other than the three years ago, there hasn't been one pitch thrown with intent from any of our guys, period. I mean, that, we'll go into the Boone comments right after that. And the last thing I'll say on it is I got a whole damn stable full of guys that throw 98 miles an hour, period damn stable of pitchers that throw 98 miles an hour just you know what do you what do you make of that what's your reaction well that's that's pretty scary comment um yeah i don't uh, i mean i don't think that's right at all but i'm not gonna get into it right now i i don't know where you're going with this i i i'm not gonna get into this i mean i Okay. Yeah. If you thought you should clear the air tonight, that's why. That's why. Yeah. I, I, you know, Cash and I have a good relationship, and if we need to talk about things, we will. You know, sounds like they're going to try to throw at us tomorrow. Um, you know, we'll be ready. So, so there's a lot to unpack there. So Cash comes out firing with legitimate threats. Yeah, like you got a whole damn pen full of guys who throw 98 miles per hour. First of all, first of all, they're all on the IL. Every they have just as many, if not more, people on the IL. I think it's more than we do, and they're all pitchers. So everybody, the whole stable of ninety-eight mile per hour guys, 
all in the IL except for like Diego Castillo, who throws like every single right. day against us. But the fact that he, first of all, admitted to intentionally trying to hit people, yeah. and then immediately after says we have a whole stable of guys who can throw 98 miles an hour, which is a literal physical threat. That's a threat. That is a that's a physical threat that should not be taken lightly. To something you're not even sure if it was intentional. I think we're all operating under the assumption that the Tanaka one was intentional. Yeah. I don't know. Again, don't know why they would pick Tanaka to be the guy to do it. He just seems like, I mean, maybe it's because you can never really fight Tanaka. Like you get hit by him. That's why like you see Wendell I laugh just, it I off. I just can't see them saying, I can't, I can't see them going, going up to Tanaka and being like, hey, can you hit this guy for us? Yeah, Tanaka's translator not, come not over the there, Punisher. And the translator has to tell him to hit the guy. And then, and then he's like, wait, you serious? Wait, wait, what? And then he <laughs> translates it back to... He's like, I don't want to do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can't even just imagine the whole situation that goes down with that. It's just like that that whole translation thing. It's just... That's why it just seems so weird. But again, I mean, everyone's under the assumption that that was intentional. And it looked like a classic intentional pitch. Yeah. The Chapman one, I honestly... I, I don't think it's intentional. I mean, him dodging the com- to make a comment after the game looks so bad. Looks bad. And so it bad. Makes me think that it was intentional. But again, he's been so inaccurate. We saw it him. He just blew his save tonight. His fastball, he uses 62% of the time, and every one of the pitches has been awful. I got an award for him but later. But also, that's not a situation where you go out and hit somebody either. If you're trying to in- intentionally hit somebody, there's a certain situation where you do that. It just didn't seem like the right situation to to do it. That like again, I'm not saying it wasn't intentional, but the situation that they were in, it, it makes it seem like it wasn't. I don't know what the right sense. situation is to hit somebody, to be honest. But not in a safe situation. Not when you're up. I mean, you've you've lost seven out of eight games to this team. I don't think there is a situation to be intentional. And and it dates back to three years ago when Kittridge tried to throw at Roman up and in in the head, and it's more so that they've been pitched up and in. The Yankees don't like it. DJ has been pitched up and in seven times in the f- like five games he's played against the Rays. Yeah. So I think they were trying to send a message with Tanaka. Brousseau even said the message was, we took the message, whatever. And then Chapman throws it up and at his head. I don't know if it was intentional. I, I mean, I'm going to, let's just assume it was. So then the suspensions get given out. Well, here's the thing before we get into that though, because going back to the Cash's comments, if you see a situation where, you know, some people are leaning towards it was intentional, some people are leaning towards it wasn't intentional, but then you come out of the gate and you make these comments like it was a hundred percent intentional, and now we're talking about threats here, it's a little you're jumping the gun a little bit. I feel like there, this, especially when you're the guy who literally just said, yeah. "Yeah, no, we did it three years ago," but like that was the last time. E- even <laughs> even if it was, he admitted to it. Even if you were on the on the fence of seventy percent intentional 30% not you still got to push back a little bit you keep it's like the only situation you can come out and say right, yeah guys who can throw 98 miles an hour yada 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 like and it, that's when it's, that's when you can do that when you know it was a hundred percent it was intentional in that situation and especially because he's now saying we did it and now like boohoo you're mad at something you're livid about something making threats to do what you did before again with your stable full of 98 mile per hour guys and how like you can't throw stones while you're living in a glass house. You just did it, and yeah. now you're getting mad and pointing the finger when somebody does it to you, and you're not even sure if they did it to you. You just admitted to doing it, yeah. and you're getting mad when somebody allegedly did it back to you. It Bless. just doesn't make sense the way Cash treated it. It doesn't make sense. I mean, honestly, Bo- Boone, both teams didn't treat this correctly. Boone in my too. Opinion. Boone too. Boone was kind of like being a little bitch about it. I don't know. To me, everyone was being a little bitch about it. I don't know. But Boone's comment didn't want to make comments on it. He probably didn't want to make the situation worse, but so. You know, I don't think he was. He, I think he played it fine, but then you get into the suspensions, and Manfred is literally just spinning the wheel out here with these suspensions because you got Boone and Cashman getting a one-game suspension. Don't know why Boone got a suspension. He didn't do anything, but he got suspended for the intent. They're they're assuming that Cashman. Sorry, they're assuming that Chapman hit him intentionally, and therefore they're punishing Boone because it's a decision. Direct, it's a direct order. Either way, I, I don't allegedly. Think he, I don't think he did anything, and who knows if it's even intentional. But either way, stupid that they like Cash definitely should get one game, if not more, for those comments. But then Joe Kelly gets the eight games for not hitting somebody, and that's a curveball. So that's just because it's against the Astros. So the, clearly, the, Astros. the league is is Bias already defending the Astros any way they can, which makes no sense because they're the ones who cheated. 
And then you got Loriano get six games for that whole thing against the Astros too. That got reduced to I think four or five. And then all Astros players get nothing. So there's a clear trend here. Yeah. They're right. Manfred is just defending the Astros for whatever reason. Because uh, for I don't I can't I can't pick up why. I don't know why. And then he's just spinning the wheel. There's no rhyme or reason, it seems, for any of the other ones. They're all different. I mean, they're all pretty much the same out, the same situations, and they're different suspensions. So I don't understand. It just seems like Manfred doesn't have a handle on what's going on and how to do anything. And I mean, that dates back to when he literally gave immunity to the Astros players, and that is what's going on right now. It's, so the whole thing's ridiculous. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. It just. I'm just pissed that the Yankees just straight up didn't back it up whatsoever. Like they, it just looks like shit. Like you were playing like garbage. You're causing all this. But here's the other, here's the other thing that really upset me with the. I'm upset. Me. I'm not gonna be like. I'm not. Cry, I'm not gonna cry about it. But <laughs> the the cash comments, the probably in every situation ever where there's an intentional throw and there's a fight that breaks out. Proof. I mean, maybe you think of something that's different, but. Every game that I've watched, the press conference, everything afterwards, the every single person, every single manager treated it like the way Boone did. I don't want to talk about it. It's okay. You know, it is what it is. Baseball happens. Like they're everyone's so silent about it because they don't want to show that part to the press and the fans. They don't want to let they don't want to give anybody a little nugget to go ahead and run with and make it a, a media thing. Cash went all out and did the exact opposite. I don't know. Whatever. Make baseball just fun so again. I, I, I actually love that this is happening. I don't really care. Oh, I don't give a fuck. But make baseball fun. Just all this is good. And, and there's no bad PR, whatever. I don't give a shit. Get yeah. the ratings up any way you can. Which is probably why... Uh, what's, his, what's his face? Uh, Manfred is doing these suspensions because... I don't know. Uh, I don't. But that's I don't know what you're saying on that. I, don't, I can't get behind that. But how about the comments with uh, the interim manager? I don't even know his name. But about Brousseau hitting two home runs, he said it was emotional. A lot of us were in tears. A lot of us had tears coming out of our ears. I don't know if he misspoke or got lost in translation. But he said a special moment he'll never forget. I mean, what kind of fairy nonsense is that? It just what makes that emotional. Absolutely nothing. Act like you've been there before. You hit a home. Been where? You're up. You won a game. It's like you hit two anywhere. Like congrats. Like you didn't. Like some. You want to. I saw. Family members didn't die, and you're like, oh, we honored them. I mean, tonight. That's an emotional night. The the Mets walk it off on a night they're honoring. But still, that's like a cool moment. It's you're not gonna be after the game and say, oh, so emotional. Never gonna forget that. It was a walk off. Like okay, walk offs happen. The Rays won. You know, the I saw something that it was funny. It was like a little meme or whatever, but it was like the two banners of the Rays in the stadium, yeah. and it was like 2004, whatever wild card game uh, champions. Then the next one was uh, went eight and two against the Yankees in 2020 as a banner in like the Rays stadium. <laughs> I mean, I don't like, know they, why they, they take it so. Like, I don't know why so they seriously. have. I don't know why they have a wild card banner up there. I don't know if that's true or not. It, no, it is. Oh, it is. That's what everyone. Yeah, no, they have, a, they have a banner of the wild card up. In like wherever I don't know, but shit, old stadium, and you just add that on top of it. It's just ridiculous. Fucking but, Florida. I mean, you know what? Tip your cap to them. They got the better of us. They this kicked year. their ass. But they who the absolutely fuck? Kicked Honestly, ass. I'm over it because we're, we could play them in the playoffs, and I'm not worried about the playoffs whatsoever. We did lose again. We're getting Glaber back this weekend. The rest of the schedule is basically the Orioles, Toronto, and the Red Sox. Yeah, for the rest of the way completely, and the Marlins too. Yeah, so I'm not worried about that. We can get our dubs there. We'll make the playoffs. The most important thing is we do have to win those. We have ten games against the Blue Jays, that's and they're the obviously most, directly that's the most competing with us. Series. So if we get our ass handed to us by the Blue Jays, we're, we're honestly not a terrible team. Yeah, we, but if we lose, if we if we don't win that series, we're done. Yes. We probably don't make the playoffs. We don't make the playoffs. That, but, that I mean, we honestly, sh- we should take that series. And by that time, I think it's towards the back end of this month that we play them. And we will have almost all of our players back by that time. So we should be fine. Yeah. We should be fine. But those are those are the most direct. That's the team that's ahead of us to threat us not making the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, 
Listen, it's not completely a guarantee that we make the playoffs. And if right we now. if we win, if we keep playing like this, there is no guarantee that we, we make need the playoffs. to win in an expanded playoffs year, which is ridiculous yeah. that we even have to talk about this right now. This team's playing like absolute garbage. The fact that we are even talking about this is nonsense to me. And I'm done talking about the Rays. We're done playing the Rays. I'll talk about them. I mean, congrats, you won eight out of ten against us. I mean, you're going to hang that up in the rafters because if you don't do anything with it, whatever, they're a good team. I'll give them that, but you know what? They're a good team, but it shouldn't be emotional to no, win play eight, out of eight games. When it matters, if they don't do shit this year in the postseason, then it's all for nothing. So who gives a shit? When we're healthy, when? I think... It's a, yeah. I, I know, I'm tired of saying that, but when. when and if we're healthy, this come this postseason, we are better than them. So yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. You want to get into awards? Yeah. Why don't we get into some happy awards? We'll give away the belt. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Who's getting the belt for you? you Gotta go with Gio. Gio stepped the fuck up these last few games. He, so including today, so all these stats about a ramble off are including today. Gio Urshela has three multi-hit games in the past three games. The past three games have been multi-hit games. In the last six games, he's batting 421. He has been one of those clutch factors that we've been kind of hoping to have on the lineup because it's just been the New York Frazier LeMayhew voice for the past two weeks. And we needed somebody else to step up. We were hoping for Hicks to kind of go in there in the middle of the lineup and actually go out there and produce. But Gio really stepped up. He's now like a solid bat in the lineup that I can rely on. So, I mean, he's always been, but he's hot as fuck right now. He, no, I mean... What do you mean, no? He hasn't been one of the most consistent hitters on this team. Yes, but I'm saying, like, that only... He hasn't been the guy we need to step up. And he has seen that we need that guy to step up because it's only been three players that have been hitting the ball. So, Gio is the fourth guy who we need in the lineup to actually be producing runs. Everyone else in the lineup is hitting below 200. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the numbers of... I mean, listen to this. They said on the broadcast tonight, but I'll bring it up now. The Yankees offense since August 18th. And this isn't an award. I just wanted to point this out. Estrada, Ford, Gardy, Hicks, Sanchez, Talkman, and Wade all combined for an average batting average of 152. It's so bad. That's like, I mean, obviously, that's the entire starting lineup outside of the guys you mentioned. And... Gio's name's not on there, so she's not on there. Gio's and and well. Hicks is what two fifteen or something like that, which is Hicks even is one seventy nine over yeah. since August eighteenth. The worst one, obviously, Gary's one thirty three, and that's right on par with his season average because he's batting one thirty. And we'll get it. We'll get to him in a second. Yeah. But but Gio Gio deserves it because he's you know again he had five RBIs in the last six games, so another reason that he's actually becoming a valuable asset in the lineup. So. If if he continues to hit and the guys who we can rely on continue to hit, hit inside the Parker too. You didn't talk about the Little League home run yet. No, that was a triple with an error, I think. Either way, oh great, yeah, he did right. the swim move slide to get in. Yeah, inside the Parker. Little League, I'm going to get a playmaker. He's saving. You know, he's a Gold Glover at third base, saving plays out there, and the, bat, mean, the bat's coming around. He's he's had that clutch factor dating back to last year. He's had a couple walk offs last year against the Rays. That I remember, and he's, he's continuing to do it now. People thought he was slumping. He's not a fluke, and I think he's continuing to prove that, and he's one of the bright spots in the lineup right now. Definitely deserves the belt. So I'm going to give the belt to Clint because he made a couple really nice plays in the outfield. The one where he just absolutely dove completely full, full horizontal he went after that diving ball. board. I think he's. I think would you say he's finally put to bed the stigma that he's a bad fielder because I haven't seen him. He's made one error on the year, and that was like a couple of games ago, and it was borderline not even an error. I think the whole stigma. I mean, we talk about this all the time, but I think the whole stigma of him being a bad fielder was just a couple bad games that were in his head last year, and it was more of a mental game than a physical game. Obviously, he's not a goal goal fielder, but I think once he calmed the nerves. I really believe that hitting the ball well helped him out, as, as crazy that sounds. I think just doing well on the other side of the plate, it gives you that sort of confidence to go out there in the field and make plays. And they may not seem like they have a direct correlation, but if you're feeling good, you're playing good. And that's a fact. 
And if he's going out there and he's feeling confident, he's fucking making plays. He, it's not even diving plays. He's reading the ball well off the wall. He's throwing people out at second. He's just an all-around great player right now. And I think it all started with the bat. Because, again, feel good, you play good, and you're producing on both sides of the plate. I mean, listen, he's, he's definitely a player that, like you said, feeds off that confidence. He's a very emotional player. He has always been. And I've been saying it before this season. I, I didn't think he was a, as bad of a fielder as we saw. It's just he's a, he's a very emotional player and it dominoes in either direction. So it gets either really bad if you make one bad play early, have an error right out of the gate. Because listen, it's going to get worse and worse. And if, that's just how it goes with him. It snowballs. And then in this scenario, if you're going to play well, he's going to continue to keep playing well. And the, the confidence builds with him. He's a young player, so... You know, obviously, can you turn that the fuck off? <laughs> he's a young player, so, you know, obviously, he's going to be... I can't even focus right now. Turn that alarm off. Cut that out. But, like I said, young player, emotional, and if the fact that he didn't make the errors early, I knew this was going to happen. I knew he would continue to build off that. And it goes both ways with him in the outfield and him at the plate. He's always had the bat, and now he's just putting it together in the outfield, and he hasn't made any errors. And I think the concussion concussion had a lot to do with it before. So other things that I wanted to point out with Clint, and obviously the distraction of being traded has always been brought up about him every single year since he's been on the Yankees. And now that that's passed for at least this year, he doesn't have to think about that. And... I think he needs to be played every day. He needs to be in the lineup every single day from here on out. And if he's not, then I don't know what we're doing. And even that, that's even when Stanton comes back, because Stanton is probably going to be a DH for the rest of the way, no matter what. I don't see him doing anything else other than being a DH because he has not proven that he can be healthy whatsoever. And you look at some of the numbers with Clint, his batting average with runners in scoring position is 444. I'm back. <laughs> but he has a 444 batting average with runners in scoring position. That's phenomenal, especially with a team that can't hit for shit with runners in scoring position. So, I mean, that is just nonsense. It's only him and DJ are the ones that are hitting with runners in scoring position. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to give him the belt for that. He's been the only offense, and in last night's game, it was the only offense we had because he had the home run off the foul ball. So, I mean, everything about Clint recently is just has made me so happy, and like I'm so glad we didn't trade him away. I would have been happy to trade him away if it was for Clevenger, to be honest. Like I mentioned in the last podcast, because we needed it so bad. But I'm glad he's here, and you know, it's just been the Yankees keep playing with him. Like either keep him or send him away. Keep him or send him away. Like yeah. don't. I think this really Keep solidified his. it because here's the one thing I was worried about was him playing out of his mind in the beginning and then not hitting the baseball for the next two weeks. And that, that was one thing I was worried about. Cause when we started to slow down a little bit after his two week run of hitting 500, I was, you know, he started to not hit the ball as well. And I was like, okay, like maybe not looking too great, but he's right back at where, you know, he's batting 300 right now, I think, like 294 or something like that. He's right back at a little bit above what he was last year in terms of average and, and slugging and, and home runs and RBIs. Like He's getting back to an above average point in his, in his playing that's kind of back to reality, you know, because he was so far ahead of what we thought he was going to be, you know, hitting 500 and then he kind of leveled off, but the level off was a higher point than what he was last year, if that makes sense. Like, he's improving his overall above average. Yeah, I just think the Yankees have been doing a, a huge disservice to him. Just either keep, like, his status with the team is so in limbo, and you saw it when he had his meeting with Cashman and Boone. He asked, like, what's my role for this team? And Yeah, but you never know. Like, maybe, maybe being sent down and... Spending that time in the alternate side and the the minors, maybe that's what he needed to actually come back and be who he is right now. Like you don't, you never know. You, it's twenty twenty vision. You can't just say, um, you know, well, because they kept him down, he is X and now he's Y. Like you know, like he is who he is because of the path he took. 
And it's hard to say. It's hard to say otherwise. I think he's a better player when you give him confidence and you show that you have confidence behind him. So I don't think he is who he is because of what he's gone through. I think he's worse off because of what he's gone through. But I you don't. But you no, don't know that. I do know that. I mean, you give a player any confidence and you say, "Hey, I'm behind you." They'll play better, and hope. And I think that's what they said in the meeting. Said your right, but you role is this going forward. But you don't know. But you have no idea that him going down and playing the alternate site was the best thing that happened to him. You don't know that. Like it could have been the the change needed to come back and play like he is right now. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm just saying I'll end it here and say I want Clint to be on the team. I want him to be the left fielder for years to come. And yeah, he 100%. he can clearly stay on the field. He's not a person who's really bugged by injuries as much. A concussion is not the same, and that does not at all factor into being injury-prone. I think he can stay on the field, and that's I mean, the best ability is availability. And a lot of our outfielders, the way it sits right now with Hicks and Judge and Stanton, they can't stay on the field at all. So yep. you got to keep a young guy like Clint around for as long and as I, you I think they can. want to. I think this trade, this trade deadline especially showed that he's here Hopefully for the long haul. I mean, I, I don't. But they have a given necessarily had, know if that's true because. But they had plenty of opportunities to trade him away last year and this year, and they didn't for a reason. No, I, that's not the reason. I think I I think that honestly doesn't change anything because there's not the reason they didn't trade him is because the price tag was too high. He was still on the market, so that's why I'm saying I still don't know what their role is with with Clinton and where they stand with him because. It's not that they didn't trade him for a reason. It's they didn't trade him because they were asking for all three or two of three of Debbie, Clark, and Clint. If it was just Clint and somebody else or just Clint, they would have given him away in a heartbeat. So I don't think that's the you reason that they're not that. I mean, they said it, so I do know that. I don't know about that. Anyway, who are you giving the Kevin Malone Award to? No arms or legs is basically how you exist right now, Kevin. You don't do anything. Who's got no arms or legs this week? A lot of people could have. A lot of people uh, could, could apply to this. This one, I mean. But but I had, person, I had trouble just nailing one person down for this. But who yeah, you got? One person in particular. You know, we have the the people who stand out the most. But someone who kind of fell under the radar of sucking was Talkman. <laughs> he he was doing so well, and he was so consistent and so clutch in the early part of the season. And you know what now? He has the lowest war out of all the team, out of the whole team, besides Andujar, who's not on the team anymore. He has the lowest war at minus point three, which again, you know, early season, but he has the lowest war of the whole team. He's batting one fifty eight in the last two weeks. Another guy who is underperforming in his lineup, and especially with the lack of people who are healthy in the lineup right now in the outfield position, he was someone we really wanted to count on moving forward. You know, Gardner was struggling. Judge is hurt. Stanton is hurt. Hicks is also struggling with the bat. Clint seems to be the only outfielder in the lineup who could hit the fucking ball. And it turns out that, you know, Talkman was just was underperforming. And he's really someone who we need to step up. And it's just kind of unfortunate. But he gets the, uh, the Kevin Malone for me. I mean, there are a lot of people that could be picked for this award, and I had a hard time just picking one. I mean, you could look at Chapman, you could look at Gary, you could look at anyone. The entire, the entire Yankees, Yankees offense. You can pick any fucking guy from. I don't. I don't know. Just anybody. I picked Gary because it's just another, another day, another shitty outing by Gary. I mean, he doesn't do anything, but he hits a home run every fucking 10 games or something. And then pimps it and thinks everything's okay. And ever and you got the Gary supporters who are like, oh my God, imagine hating a guy like Gary. And then I'm like, he's batting 130 still, so it's pretty easy to still hate Gary. He He's, he's by second, far the person I had the least confidence in the lineup right now. By I, far. I mean, he's horrible. He's batting 130 still. Pretty decent sample size at this point in the season. Uh, he's in the second percentile in K percentage. That means he's striking out more than anybody in the league. His K percentage is 38.7. That's like I said, the second percentile. There's like three people that are worse than him in that. The league average for K percentage is 23.2. He's at 38.7. I mean, I, I have nothing else to say. Like, it's so crazy because... 
He'll, he'll get up the bat, right? I'll get up and walk across the room and come back. It's already 0-2. It's it, so Michael automatic. Michael K said it too. Michael K said it too. He was like, it it's seems every already. time every time Gary looks up, he's down 0-2. So, <laughs> which then is he, true. And then he either swings at a fastball that's in the dirt or he swings at a high fastball. And it's like, it's so predictable. If I'm a pitcher, I know exactly what I'm going to do because he has made zero adjustments. I mean, if you're a pitcher, you don't need to make any adjustments yourself. You need to just throw no. whatever, whatever you want to throw. He's going to miss it. But Gary has made zero adjustments. I have not seen anything. He continues to just swing at everything. And it's astonishing how poor he is at, at bat. He just looks so uncomfortable. I mean, the reason why I picked him for this, among a million other reasons, is because in the last 10 games, he has three hits. One of them, the, the Grand Slam. So, woohoo, yeah, great. His batting average with runners in scoring position is... Honestly, like, it's 138, but that's better than his average anywhere. So I guess he, you could say he elevates his game with runners in scoring position, but it's he's hit to 138. And that's so it's, it. <laughs> it's 0.08 higher with guys on in scoring position. But betting 138 with runners in scoring position, that's not good. And his weighted runs created plus is 27. Wow, that's bad. Because you know the average weighted runs created plus 100? It's on a 100 scale. Obviously, guys like... Voigt currently have a 199, but he's got a 27. So he oh is God. 63% worse than the average player. And it's, I'm not even surprised because look at the way he's playing. It's, it's 70, 73. It's like laughable. Bad it's almost <laughs> laughable. No, it's, it's just ridiculous. so bad. It's so hard to watch. And whenever he's up with people in scoring position or in any situation at all, it just brings the whole game down because we all know he's not going to hit the fucking ball. It's just, it's, he's a liability. And honestly, Kratz was better out there on the, um, the hitting side of things. And he's, you know, Kratz is doing better feeling too. So what are we talking about here? I mean, Kratz is 40. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying we're going to, I'm, I'm not saying he's the starting, the, the yeah. starting, the starting catcher, but at what point are we saying, Gary, you have not hit the ball all season. How can we trust you going forward to win a World Series? I mean, I think we're in too deep at this point. He's going to be on the playoff roster. I don't think... I mean, Higgy's been fine. He's been okay. I haven't looked at his numbers, but... I mean, we don't have another option. I know Kratz. Everyone's like, oh, Kratz is my catcher. I, no, he's not. He's a, he's a backup. He's the definition of a backup catcher. But I don't know. Gary just <laughs> doesn't look like... But Gary just also looks Gary's bad. Ma- so Gary's like, making it a conversation, so... Yeah, and then we're always back and forth because we know Gary's not producing, but then we're like, but he could go off at any moment. And we're always waiting for that moment for him to go off. And then when it never comes, we're just like, ah, damn it. We're, we're kind of like caught with our pants down at that moment. Who are you giving personal awards to? Let's go with, uh, I'll do, I have two. So I'll do the first one. Um, it's called the uh, Hate to See You Go, but Love to Watch You Leave Award. And Can I guess? Yeah. Hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's Brett Gardner. Why? Why is that the name? Because, because he's been the the ideal Yankee for so long, and I really hate to see him go, but it's not his time uh. right now. And I love to watch him leave because. He has kind of filled in a little bit, but besides the last two games, he just started to hit. But besides that, he's also been another person in the lineup who's just not producing. I really wish Talkman was hitting the ball because he was before. And if Talkman was hitting the ball and if Frazier was hitting the ball, those are two decent outfielders in the lineup that I would be confident in. But right now, Garner is just a liability of the bat as well. I mean, so, Talkman looks like the worst player. He, I haven't he seen does. Him, I haven't seen him get a hit in a long time. So it's kind of like he's, bat, he's, he, he's batting the worst out of the whole group since August eighteenth. He's batting one twenty one yeah. since then. And Gardner has a what one seven? I wrote it down one seventy two batting average this year. One seventy three. Sorry, batting average this yeah, year. Yeah, he's batting one eighty five since August eighteenth as well. So it's not getting any better. He's right. Yeah, off it's just this whole team, aside from a few guys, is playing like shit. And the guys who are playing good can't stay healthy, so I don't even know what to think. It's just you, you like Judge, Sten, better stay healthy. If they're not on the field, Glaber too. 
I mean, Glaber, I'm not as worried about because he's not like an injury prone guy, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. But I mean, if they're not on the field, we're, we're fucked. Yeah. This season is over. You can write it off. But when they're on the field, it's a big if. But if they can stay on the field for the whole playoffs, you know, Listen, we got a shot to I, win. I would, we got a shot love... to win. Garrett Cole's going to figure it out. I, I, I'm not, I haven't canceled the season by any no. means. But that's why I really need, I really, really need um, Talkman to find a way to turn this around and get back into the hitting that he was before because I, I'm more confident in Talkman figuring it out than Brett Gardner at this point. And if he can figure it out and it's Judge, Talkman, and Frazier, sorry, and sorry, Hicks too, but Judge, Frazier, and then we have Hicks and Talkman in the lineup as well who can rotate in the outfield spot and they're all hitting. I'm cool with that because as bad as Hicks has been in the lineup, it's so weird, but he ha- but like he's one of the best players in terms of war and those kind of stats because he gets on base and makes plays. Who, Hicks? Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, it's like, what stats the important stat we're looking at here? It's just, I think Talkman has a lot riding on him, and I just don't think Brett Garner is the guy who's going to be in that World Series lineup who's going to help us win. I really don't. So I really think that I need Talkman to step up because he's kind of that factor that is making Brett Gardner play these games. Listen, I'd love to see Brett Gardner do well, but I'm just being realistic here. I mean, when Judge comes back, when and if he comes back and stays healthy, I'm just going to operate on the assumptions that they're coming back. I'm, not, I'm done saying the if. Judge is back. Gardner's out. Yes. Stanton's back. He's not playing the outfield. Clint, I think, should start. Um, let's just make a prediction for the starting outfield for the playoffs, assuming health for everybody. Everyone's fully healthy. It's Frazier, Hicks, Judge, left to right. Yeah. Stanton obviously can't play the outfield. Talkman, he's, he's Talkman alternating if he can hit the ball. I mean, I'm not, I'm not confident about that. I, I mean, why alternate? Why not just have that be the outfield? Well, I'm just saying, if we're if everyday playoff, then yeah, but also lefty righty matchup. Like, I know it's going to happen. I don't love that, but I'm just, that's probably what's going to happen. And I hope that's what's going to happen. So, my personal award that I'm giving away is the Wild Thing Award. Wild Thing. Okay. What's that? I think you can assume who that's going to Chapman. Yeah. So, Chapman, I mean, this is, I made this award before tonight, and it obviously aged even better or worse, however you want to. Look at it, obviously not good for the Yankees, but, I mean, he just can't locate anything, which makes me think that, honestly, it wasn't on purpose when he threw at Brousseau because, I mean, he can't locate anything. He can't yeah. do a single thing. He throws his fastball 62% of the time, and I mean, he just I saw... can't, he can't put it anywhere. So, like, what, do you, what can you do if you can't throw a fastball, which is your prime pitch? His slider, I'm sure he can't locate either. And sinker, change up, whatever else you throw, I don't think he can do it. No, sinker two seam. You can't locate anything. Like, I know he's, the guy's rusty, but you got to have your closer being better than that. I mean, this is a guy coming off the AL reliever of the year. Yeah. His NL counterpart, Josh Hader, who Chapman was just as good as last year. Josh Hader, this year... It has 11.2 innings pitched, 18 strikeouts, and no hits. That's yeah. what you want a guy to be throwing. Like, obviously, that's ridiculous. That's a closer right there. Obviously, that's ridiculous, but that's a guy who Chapman was neck and neck with last year in terms of production. I mean, they both won the, the AL reliever, AL and NL reliever of the year. Yeah. So think, when you I look think, at something like that, it's just, it makes me just. Yeah, I think Chapman's ERA is above 10 now. It was like 13 before tonight. Oh, I thought it was nine. No, it was 13 before tonight, I think. And now it's probably like 15, more than that. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's not, he's not doing well. But yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's just horrible. I mean, I really really don't think that that pitch was intentional now because he's just that bad. Yeah, and I was going to mention before, I saw um, a graph of all of his fastballs. And they were all 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 over over the place. place. Wild thing. Yeah. You make my heart sing. My, My other personal award... This one's a, I'd had to include him in some award because he's just been the heart and soul of the Yankees lineup. This is the uh, My Back Hurts Award. <laughs> and that goes to Luke Voigt for carrying this team for the past year. Um, I was going to get into Luke Voigt right after for my rounding thirds. You want to get into that? Yeah, I was going to say Luke Voigt, 
carrying this team right now. He's leading the AL in home runs, leading the AL in slugging, and he's second in OPS in the AL right now. He's just crushing the ball. Can't say enough about the guy. What do you got for me? So let's get into round and third. The runner's being waved home. Here comes the throw from Andrews. The slide, the tag. So my rounding third, and for those of you who are listening to us for the first time, rounding third is basically I have a hot take. Uh, I don't know about hot take, bold prediction, whatever it is. I'm going to try and prove my case. We're going to send a runner around third, and Damon's going to determine if I'm out or safe. Play at the plate. So my rounding third is we did a poll about this on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, it was 50-50. Like, in like literally 50-50, like to the decimal. On Instagram, people picked Voight more. I'm I'm gonna go and say DJ has been the most valuable Yankee over Voight. And mm, here's why. Okay. I'm and here's why. Don't throw me out yet. I'm listening. I'm listening. Listen, I'm and honestly, I'm gonna open this with saying there's not a right answer to this. They've there both is not been a right fantastic, answer. and it's a matter of preference. But for me. My rationale for this is like, he's the opposite. This is DJ. He's the opposite of home runner bust. And he's just, he might be one of the most consistent hitters that we've seen in a long time. Like, like guys like Tony Gwynn are the only ones like more consistent. Like, DJ has been that dude for two years straight now. And I mean, he's still won a batting title with the Rockies. He's always been that kind of player. He just didn't have the market that to amplify it, but now he's in the main market and he's gotten better and he's hitting around 400 right now. And it's just like, when you look at some of the regular statistics, he has 97 at bats compared to Voight's 112. So about the same at bats, he has a 392 batting average. Uh, not sure what it is now. It's around that obviously, but probably more. I haven't checked after tonight. Did he get a hit tonight? He had a double and a single, I think. Well, there you go. So it's probably around 400. He has a 1.2 war. I mean, he has 392 or closer to 400 batting average, while Voight has a 295. Both fantastic, but TJ's got 100 points on him there. 1.2 war compared to a 1.1. Neck and neck. DJ's got him beat there by a little bit, but neck and neck again. Four home runs compared to 13 for Voight, so Voight has him there, but you know that's not DJ's game, so that's not why I'm picking him. I'm picking him for that 400 batting average and the 470 on-base percentage, and that's what you want out of a leadoff hitter. That sets the table... For everybody else after you, yep. so if you're get, if your leadoff guy's getting on at almost a 500 clip, I'm yeah. gonna li- I'm liking our odds, especially with a team that has been so bad recently. It just needs momentum, and he is that. Like how many? He, three of his home runs. He has four home runs. Three of them have been to lead off the game. So yeah, when you look at things like that, and then you just, like the advanced numbers agree with it too. He's just like his OPS plus. 173. He's 73% better than the average player. His batting average runners in scoring position, 462. So he's already he's batting 400, and now he's batting even better with runners in scoring position. You look at his batting average with two outs, he's batting 500. You look at his batting average in the eighth and ninth inning, he's batting 750. Just these numbers are ridiculous. And he's, just hop it off. A, he plays second base, third base, first base, and he's played DH. Those are all this season that he's played. We know he plays them, but he's done it, he does it yeah. every year. It's just... I mean, you, you can't say enough about DJ. He's, like, he just always gets the job done no matter what, and he is, he's basically an autopilot. Just getting hits, getting on base, making plays, making sure he does everything he can to win. And listen, I, I'm gonna I'm saying Voight's right there with him, and it's a matter of preference almost with whichever one you want to take. Voight's right there. He has 13 home runs, 26 RBIs. Uh, granted, DJ has 11 RBIs and he's in the leadoff spot, so you never really. I will tell you why I pick. Hold on, I'm not done. Okay. So let me get into back into Void. So Void, the numbers. I mean, you can make the argument for either one because Void in the month of August. Since August is over, now he's at that full month that we knew it was going crazy, and I kept referencing on other episodes. But now, fully in the month of August, Void finished with 326 batting average, 383 OBP, weighted runs created plus is 199. That is double the average player. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous. That probably leads the league. And then you want to talk into what he was leading the league in, or leading the AL, excuse me. Home runs, 13, tied for first. Slugging, 670, first. OPS, 1.02, <laughs> second in the league. 
since he became a starter on August, late August 2018, among AL first basemen since becoming a starter, he leads in slugging, OPS, WOBA, weighted runs created plus, and he's second in home runs mm-hmm. since becoming a starter. And that's even including the time where he had that hernia. Right. But talking about this year, though, with all those things being said, I'm going to go with DJ. And again, I don't think that there's a preference here. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a right answer, I, I should say. There's definitely a preference. And I, I think just what DJ means to this team and situationally what DJ can do for you. I think that's why I'm going to go with DJ. Yeah, I mean, I'll say I'll say one thing about DJ first. You could tell. The, you could feel the absence of his presence when he was hurt for those few days. Like, he came back and the lineup just completely turned around. You saw it just com- did a complete 180. And like you said before, he sets the tone for everybody else to go out there and just be better. Now, the reason I'm going to go with Voight on this one, and again, there's no wrong answer, but the reason I'm going to go with Voight is simply because he's been put in more situations that allows for a clutch performance and he's executed on those. He's had he's had more clutch hits this season that have won the Yankees games and when LeMahieu was out and when everyone else wasn't hitting, he was the only guy producing for the team at that time. So, because of those two reasons, I'm in a right now Way a little bit more towards Voight just because of the situations that he's been put in and the way that he's executed on the situations because that's really what makes an MVP. I mean, if you want to talk about situations, I mean, do you not hear the numbers I said before? I'm not talking about, no, I'm not, I, I'm situationally, not, betting average I'm runs not, in scoring position 462. You're not listening to Two I'm outs, not, 500. I'm not disagreeing with runs in scoring. Eighth and ninth inning, situational, be, 750. Okay, but you can still be, you can have an RBI in the first inning, right? Like, I'm talking about situations that are the do or die of the game, or ninth inning. Put, put the you're not you're, I'm listening. You're, you're, you're analyzing the numbers a little too much because you need to you need to remember the the games where Voit uh, hit the home runs and gave the Yankees the lead. Like situational hitting and situations where he has put the Yankees up in the in the lead. Voit kind of takes that home. The fact that. Also, you can't help it, but LeMay was hurt for a little bit, and Voight carried the team. That's another huge factor. Again, no wrong answer, but I think that situationally, he has just proven that he is slightly more valuable up to this point. Now, again, if they both continue on the same path and they produce the same numbers with the rest of the season, I'm going to lead more towards LeMahieu. But to this point, given the situations they've both been put in, Voight takes it because he has had the opportunity to come out and win games with a couple swings of the bat. That's the only reason. I mean, like I opened it up saying there wasn't a wrong answer. So I'm going to go with DJ just because of preference. And I'm sure a lot of it was 50, 50 on Twitter. So the people think it's pretty close. And I just think for what I said, that's why I'm taking DJ. What's yours? Oh man, this one's a little, uh, so off topic. I mean, that's the point. It's supposed, supposed to be a different topic. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, this was the... Oh, we're done on personal words. So, this is the rounding third. So, this one I wanted to give to someone who I felt like, based on stats, was is not receiving the recognition that I think. I think Jonathan Holder is having a pretty good season so far. And I don't think he's been given a lot of credit. Is that your rounding third? No, that's my back. <laughs> that's my backstory. Okay. I don't think Jonathan Holder has been given the amount of credit that he deserves right now. So I think he's going to be probably a top three reliever in our bullpen by the end of the year. Now, besides Green and Sessa, he has the most inning on innings pitched this season so far, and he also has the lowest home runs per nine in the uh, Yankee lineup, sorry, the Yankee pitching, relief pitching rotation bullpen. so far, bullpen. <laughs> and he's a 2-7 ERA right now. 
he walks a lot of people and a lot of people get on base. I think his whip was like 1.5. But again, this is a supposed to be a debate topic. And I think that just the way with some of these guys who have been up and down, you saw green be lights out and then he kind of didn't do great, but then he's doing well again. I just think that Holder has been, you know, he's kind of been consistent this whole year. And I don't think a lot of people have realized that because he's been a hated person for so long. And I don't know. I just think the fact that he's kind of done his job every time and he's kind of becoming a reliable person out of the bullpen. So top three pitcher out of the bullpen by the end of the year. And hopefully he can be like a reliable person when we're in the playoffs. And I wouldn't be like upset when he comes out there. I mean, whoa. I told you it was it was uh, off I topic. Mean, not even off topic. I mean, I'm thinking like what? I mean, top three is crazy to me. Because hey, it's a debate topic. I'm. It's supposed to be bold. It's a debate, That's what I'm saying it's a debate. You're gonna lose because I mean, I'm not trying to win it. I'm just trying to say. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about streaks? Yeah, he's not doing horrible now. He's letting a lot of people on in situations. I mean, numbers like you said. I was diving a little too hard in the numbers. I think it's a little bit too deep in the numbers there because. When you watch him pitch and you look at the eye test, it's not that easy. He's not playing that well, and this is also a small sample size. Right. And I've seen more often than not that he was playing horribly and times where he's had a 15 ERA before now. I mean, look at Chapman. I know, and I was going to get to that before you fucking rudely interrupted me. So you look at guys like Chapman. Chapman's obviously hopefully going to figure it out. So by the end of the year, I'm, I'm going to put him above Holder. I mean, if you'll let me do that, that's um, I think that's a fair thing. To put. I'm not an advocate for Jonathan Holder saying he's the best bullpen arm out of the. I mean, it sounds like Yankees. A, it sounds like a Kev Greg Bird situation, but I mean, you got to put Britain above him. Britain's been he had a, a rough inning tonight, but again, I'm not, definitely I'm not better. saying at this exact moment. I'm just saying at the end of the at the time of playoffs comes. By the time the playoffs comes, then I'm definitely going to put those two above Holder. I'm definitely going to put. Adovino above Holder. I'm definitely going to put Chad Green above Holder. He's already in fifth now. I'd probably put Sessa above Holder. Sessa's been pitching pretty good, and he can go for multiple innings. Um, I mean, just, just I, I would put just about everybody above Jonathan Holder. I don't care how he's done in the past month or so because clearly you can you have people who play out of their minds for a couple of months. I mean, look at a different sport, but look, Jeremy Lin had Lin Sanity for a month, and what have you seen about Jeremy Lin since then? All right, that's that's such an irrelevant thing. That's so relevant. That's I'm just, so, all, that's all I'm so trying to put irrelevant. All I'm trying to point out is that people can get hot, and people can also suck. Exactly. That's why I'm saying Jonathan Holder. We know his pedigree isn't. But like, how how can you say that? Isn't though? that he's not a good player? How can you say that though? Like, take the reverse. Look at Gary Sanchez, who we thought it was great, and now he sucks. Like, just because people were once really bad doesn't mean they can be good again. Look at. Look at Verlander. He's got only gotten better throughout his entire career. Like People can improve and pivot. It's not like you're bad once. That means you're bad forever. And he's shown promising numbers to start. Again, I'm not saying that right now I want him out there every day. But the, my prediction and my hypothesis for the next you know rest of the season is that he can be a reliable person. That's the whole debate topic. I'm going to call you out. That's just my... Right, we'll see at the end. Let's get into DMs. So, first DM comes to us from... We got, a, we got a bunch, so sorry if we don't get to yours, but without Paxton, this is from Blaine Hughes. Without Paxton, who are you starting game one, two, and three in the first round? So, I mean, you got to obviously go Cole. I mean, I don't know why we wouldn't have Paxton. With, with, uh, what's wrong with... He's going to come back, isn't he? Yeah, he just sucks. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm just don't understand like, why I said without Paxton, but Paxton should be back. So, I mean, I guess for the purposes of this question, I won't put Paxton in it, but if I were going to go game one, two, and three, it's obviously Cole Tanaka. I want to I want to, I'd personally go Debbie or Schmidt. I don't want my, I mean, Montgomery has been all right, but he looked like shit last time. He was getting barreled up by everybody. He didn't make it out of, Two innings. Honestly, I probably should have given him the Kevin Malone award because he had a fucking terrible outing. He was not good whatsoever. He got, I, I saw the numbers on 
his outing. Obviously, he went point two, only got two outs, but he got barreled up three times, and he's probably I think he faced like five or six or I don't even know how many batters, but yeah, the first like three batters all barreled him up. Two home runs wasn't a good look. Not a good look. So I'm not inclined to put him in the first three in a in a playoff no, series. I I'd be more inclined. Obviously, it's going to be Cole Tanaka, and then I think we figure out. I don't. I would put probably Paxton as a three. I don't, know, I don't understand why you would not pick him in this question, but I, I'd probably go honestly Clark Schmidt. I, I'd put Clark Schmidt over Devi, and I was a. I, I wanted to see Clark Schmidt and Devi just pitch for the rest of this month to get their feet wet. Obviously, the strength of schedule isn't very hard for the rest of the way. We're playing the Marlins. The Red Sox, the Orioles, and the Blue Jays for the rest of the way. So, I think what time, like what better time than now, to have Devi and Schmidt figure it out? But you know, I'd love for them to figure it out. I just don't think it's realistic. I don't think Hap is in that. I don't care how he's been doing. I mean, honestly, was doing well, and now he just blew I think up the, again. The this real, inning, so the real, give up four again. The the two real options are. Uh, Paxton or Hap, which is kind of sucks. So I, I genuinely go? maybe, maybe he's never been able to go too long, but it's just that in order for Devi and Schmidt to pitch, they need to have they need to get a lot, not a lot more, they need to get a couple more games in. So Schmidt hasn't pitched at all. You can't have a guy come up and immediately go into the playoffs, it's, it's not that easy, yeah. Next question comes to us from N Mullins thirteen, and he says, "Is the quote Clint can't field narrative dead with all the nasty fielding snags recently?" I think we we touched on this before. Yes, I think completely. Yes, in short, we already talked about it, but yes, I think it's done. I think Clint is definitely a. I'm not gonna and say. If he makes I'm not an gonna error, say. If I'm he not misreads say, a ball, give him a break. He's played out of his mind so far. Okay. Let's, Young, not, let's not revert back and say he can't field again because he made one error. All right. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it does, give the guy a break. All right. He, he's going to be fine. Young fielder, guy who plays with emotions. He's playing great now, a lot of confidence. There's only The only way is up now. He, he can only improve. He's hitting the ball. We're, we're going to be fine. And he's going to hit the ball. He's going to hit the cover off the ball. Bat speed, as they like to talk about. I'm good with him. I think he's going to be a, not a plus defender. No one's saying that. But if he's an average defender and he's got a very plus bat, that's going to be fine with me. Uh, next question uh, comes to us from Tom Sinercha. He said, for those off the stand train, what kind of trade package would you want for him? <laughs> so I don't think there's a suitor in the world. No. That's going to want to trade for Stanton. If we were ever going to trade for Stanton, we would have to eat so much of that in that enormous contract. Nobody's going to want him unless we eat like 90% of the contract, especially with how hurt he's been. Like this is this might go down as one of Cashman's worst moves. Yeah. If you want to I mean if things continue the way they are right now, I mean it's hard to not say that this might be one of his worst moves. As of right now, there's it's been some great like moves, it. but I mean, you look at snags like getting Voigt and Geo and Diamonds in the Rough like that. But when you look at this yeah, one right now, of, this one looks pretty shitty. Yeah, and I, again, yeah, the not a lot of people are going to take up a trade unless the circumstances are extreme. What we got next? I don't think anybody is is, is going to want him. No, it's I a, mean, listen, the bat's there, and if you're off the stand train. I would suggest getting back on because you're either you're just going to be really pissed because he's he's going to be on the team for a, a long time, unless we got another Ellsbury situation, which would be horrible if he just doesn't play. But I don't think it's going to be that serious. I think if he stays in DH role, he just had some bad luck as of late. I hope that's what it is. I hope he obviously figures it out because he looked good, which is the shitty part. He looked fantastic. So, uh, what we got next? Next question. Comes to us from Church Nineteen. Hope I pronounced that right. He said, "Does Urshela get enough credit among other third basemen?" And we've talked about this before a lot. 
And I say absolutely not. I think nobody is taking him seriously. But again, it's been a year and then some change, obviously, with this year. Um, I mean, Gio, where he ranks among, I've gone through this on a different episode, where he ranks offensively in terms of like Woba and Wade Runs Created Plus, he's top five in the last in last year combined with this year. And that's, I mean, third base is a pretty loaded position in terms of household names. You got Bregman, you got uh, Suarez, you got Arenado, Arenado Chapman. Got Chapman. I mean, just, the list goes on. There's so many good names at third base. Chris Bryant. But when you're dealing with names like that, I mean, yes, it's tough to to put Gio Urshela in the conversation, especially since he's come up yeah. recently and produced like this. But, you, when you, I mean, look at the defense, too. The numbers, also, the numbers don't agree with him. The, 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 but, the other factor is that the people at third base are, are superstars. You know, Arenado, Chapman, Bryant, those three right there. Are, Yoan Moncada is Moncada. another one. But like, I mean, just, just, just to name three, are uh, Arenado, Chapman, and Chris Bryant. Those are probably the most... if the most recognizable third baseman. And if we're talking about recognition throughout the league, you're talking about popularity and a bunch of different things. So I don't think he gets you know, Turner, another one. Yo, you, I don't think he gets the recognition, but I think he's, you know, a lot more than, than last year, at least Machado, Machado, like we're just naming more off. Like there's a ton out there. It's a good question, but I do think he's up there with the best, but it, again, like doesn't get the credit that, you know, he deserves. And you know, I don't, and nothing against Gio. It's just, I mean, he's going to have to do this for another two, maybe three years to even can like come close to getting the recognition that these other guys are getting. Because I mean, we just mentioned so many names and they're all fantastic names. Like for him to trump those names. Rendon. Another one. Rendon, another one. I mean, even guys like Vladdy Jr. have a bigger name than Gio Urshela worldwide. I mean, to us, Gio Urshela is the best. I love Gio, but... Yeah. And the numbers, too. The numbers agree with him. But, again, it's, it hasn't been that long. And I don't know... I would argue that he... wide how, many, how long he has to do it for to start getting yeah, recognition. I would argue that he had more... Rec- Actually, I'm going back to the point I just stated, but now thinking about it, I would argue that... He has he had more recognition last year. Donaldson, another one. Don, yeah, he had more recognition last year because he was like the phenom coming up and was his, made this big splash, and now he's just the Yankees third baseman. So, not taking anything away from him, it's just it's a tough situation to be put in. Yep. So that actually that wasn't as sad of an episode as I thought it would be. There was some there was some good things we talked about. Obviously, not all. Happiness going on in Yankee Land right now. Yeah. But I mean, we gotta we'll roll with the punches. We're, we're, we're gonna, gonna, turn, gonna around. turn around. The rest of the way is very easy. I, I, I say very easy lightly because we just got walked off Knock by the Mets. But you know, guys are gonna come back. Glaber's coming back this weekend. That's that. I mean, that's all I got. You got anything else? We gotta win some games. That's the the baseball. Gotta pitch. Gotta do the fundamentals and we gotta win some baseball games because it's Cutting it close, but we def- we're not out of it yet. But we need to start picking it up before we can, you know, confirm a spot in this in this playoffs. But yep. Let's, but let's go Yanks. You know what I mean? Let's go Yanks. Peace.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.